service that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you've never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody to episode number 143 of Sports Cards Live. It is Tuesday night, June the 7th, 2022, and my name is Jeremy Lee. I want to thank Steve Cass, founder of Tag Grading, for joining last Tuesday. And based on the feedback I've received, the hobby is very excited for Tag's arrival on the scene. This coming Saturday will be episode number three of the Tag Reveal, and the fellows from Tag will be revealing their digital image and grading report. You will not want to miss that. I want to shout out the Center Stage app channel sponsor. Check out their app in the in the Apple Store for quick comps, whether you are strolling through card shows or pricing your cards if you're a vendor. The app is continuously improving, so join me in supporting these hobbypreneurs as they endeavor to make the hobby better than it already is. Also, shout out to channel sponsor Pristine Auction. PristineAuction.com is the most one of the most trusted sports memorabilia and collectibles auction sites. Auctions on pristineauction.com start at just $1 each day, and there are thousands of autographed items available. They also sell thousands of sports cards, starting with no reserves in their weekly sports card auction, which runs from Sunday to Sunday and has everything from vintage to ultra-modern, including raw and graded singles and wax. Head over to pristineauction.com and use code SCL when you sign up to get $10 off your first purchase. Also want to shout out the Hobbies Middleman Service Trade Safe, your risk-free alternative for trades and buy-sells from any peer-to-peer social media platform or marketplace. TradeSafe has created a service, a process, and a team that makes remote dealing much safer than ever before. Check out tradesafehub.com. TradeSafe is now fully digital. Check out the new trade form, which makes trading easier than ever before. To use it makes using trade safe easier than ever before. I want to thank all podcast listeners, all subscribers and viewers of the YouTube channel. If you're not yet subscribed to the channel, please take a moment and do so. But let's get to this evening's show. Tonight's guests, they are all lifelong collectors, which we will hear more about and their hobby interests. And we'll learn how they came to be part of the team at TAG from Los Angeles, California. Mark, Matthew, and Michael Cook, welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you guys doing this evening? Great, Jeremy. Good. 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 Well, it's great to have you guys. I want to congratulate you on the launch of TAG. I know you're all very passionate about TAG, and you've been working very hard on it for several years now. But let's start off with, with you guys. How did you get involved with TAG? How do you know Steve Cass? Let's start with you, Matt, in the middle. Sure. Well, for, first of all, we just want to say thank you, Jeremy, for having us on. Um, really cool to be on your show. We've been following it for a long time. Um, but yeah, how we, I mean, Steve's been, oh, we're at the door. We have a visitor. We, have a visitor already. <laughs> hey, we are live. That, that is all, it's all good. Let him in. See what's going on. Yeah, no answer. I guess we'll um, so while he's answering that, Maki's got it. Okay. Hang on. We have a delivery. <laughs> anyway, there are more supply kits. Yeah. Okay, good. So we've anyway. been, um, Steve's been a, a close, very close family friend and um, a mentor to, to us three for 
30 years um, since we were born and um, we've had an opportunity firsthand to get to know Steve for his his business acumen, his um, his candor, his sense of philanthropy. I mean, everything that he does has been an inspiration to us and we try to carry that with us into shaping TAG um, into what it's become and continue to make it into something better. I think Steve for, for me was really the first person who showed us what it meant to be a true hobbyist and collector. Um, I remember going over to his house and seeing all the memorabilia, all the cards, the baseballs, basketball, the bats, right? And it really felt like such a museum, right? And we were all such an awe and being so young at the time. Um, I remember him telling me that he never wanted to sell any of his collectibles because um, they were all tied to memories. And that stuck a really deep chord with me and something that I kind of carried on throughout um, my, my own collection, collecting cards, and through tag, um, just that passion. Mm -hmm. And picking off, piggybacking off of that, um, struck, it struck a chord with me as well. And I would just add that Steve's passion for the hobby is, is infectious and it spills over into us and everybody here at the TAC facility. And that's just sort of what we embody and try to Im imbue into the TAC brand, TAC name, everything that's associated with TAC. And, um, and to circle back as to how we got involved with TAG, um, I remember when uh, when everything was first starting and I, I was really interested in, in what Steve was doing, but um, because of my love for cards in raw form, I never was so interested in, in, in the grading side of things. And, um, you know, I, I come from a, a design background and, just for me, I just didn't like the look of slabs. Like it just something about the paper flips and the way that it took away from, from the card itself um, sort of pushed me away enough where I just kept my love for the hobby alive with the cards themselves, but then never found the, the like incentive to, to go out and get those, the cards put in slabs. So something that appealed to me was like, oh, man, maybe I could make something that would make me proud to put my cards in those, like something that I would want to show my cards in that would like enhance the card rather than what I felt took away from it. So um, that was kind of where we started our involvement with TAG and that was like five, five years ago at this point. And continuing sort of our involvement, speaking on behalf of Michael and I, as Matt was starting to get more and more involved, we saw this as an incredible opportunity to just be a part, get in on the ground floor and be hands-on with something that was bettering the hobby, something that we loved and introducing such a innovation. And I think that's one of the key words, it's just innovative. And that was something that we just gravitated towards immediately. Plus it's something that we love to do, so. Yeah, I mean, even from when I visited in March and got to know you guys, it's clear that that, that uh, tag is very innovative. That that goes without saying, and that you guys are you guys are innovative thinkers. Um, and so I think I think that that's just that's it, it's awesome that and Steve's lucky to have the three of you. I mean, listen for this for, for the for the sake of saying stating the obvious, you guys you guys are brothers, um, and uh, you're all you're all your last names are all Cook, as we can see on the screen right now. And uh, who who's the oldest between the three of you? I am this guy. Yeah, Matthew, you're the oldest in the middle, and Mark, and that that means that Mark and Michael, you guys, who's older between the two of you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who, do you who do you think? Who do you think? That's what you think. Well, think wisely. 
Well, let's face it. I know the, I, I should say, I know the answer to this, but I actually kind of forget. I know that you guys are twins, but I know that you guys are born on different days. One of you were born at like 1158 PM. The other one of you was born at like 1205 AM or something like that. So that's, that's exactly. pretty cool. Twins with different birthdays. You don't see that very often, do you? You don't. The, uh, no, older. So who's older. So, yeah, I'm older, and I over him every nine minutes of every year. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, I, I'll let you say what you're going to say, Matt. Then I want to say hello to the crowd, and then we're going to get to the next question. Sure. No, go for it. Okay, so I, I I'm going to go to a few comments here. Behind the tanks, welcome to the show. Says I'm already sold based on the hockey hair alone. <laughs> no offense, no offense to the hairless Jeremy. None taking beyond none taken behind the tanks. Ryan Adams, thank you for the uh, for the tip. I appreciate that. Says I'm super excited to watch and cannot wait to send some cards in. In all caps, this is what the hobby needs. Very nice. Fact sakes likes the likes the flow on these three guys. Brian Adams says I had to stay up to watch, even though I get up at 4 a.m. Well, glad. Thank you for your dedication, Brian. Great to have you. And thank you again for, for the uh, the contribution. Studio Sports, happy Tuesday. The TO, the Toronto Expo. I I had to cancel my trip to the Toronto Expo, everybody. I was uh after we did this episode last Tuesday, I was I was pretty sick and uh, I had to cancel my trip, unfortunately. And um, yeah, that was uh, that was a bummer. Definitely a bummer. And I, I was sorry I could not be there. Daniel says, miss you at the show. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Fact sakes says, that's cool, Brian. Love your album, Summer of 69. Okay, thinking that that's Brian Adams, the singer. Hobby Champ says, I hope they keep it simple and cheap. We should be paying less for automated grading, not the same, and certainly not more. I think you'll be pleased, Hobby Champs, with the way they uh, tag goes in terms of that, uh, that initiative right there. We are on to week two with the team from Tag. Thank you, Skeppy. Rocco Rosado says it's a good time already. Answer the door and let them in. <laughs> People can't get enough tag. Show your slabs. My buddy Corey says if they don't stick with grading, can they can they sing the first hobby band? Can you? Well, here we go. We were talking about it. You guys are musicians as well. Uh, tell us just really quick. Tell us a little bit about your music, your experience in music, guys. Well. I mean, the, we've had a band since we were in, in high school, and it's always been something that music's always been something we've been very passionate about. And um, tag has just taken us by such storm. It's encompassed our whole lives, and we've, we still, you know, obviously it's a passion as well as cards, but we, we, this has been our, uh, our bread and butter, and we eat and sleep tag at this point. So uh, that's kind of where things have yeah. are at right now. We're yeah. thinking about pulling out some cots in the facility here because we're starting to spend too many weekends and <laughs> countless hours and nights and days. So there here here or there at the at the tag office. Well, when I when I first met you guys and I realized you were musicians, I did go on YouTube and I searched out your music and uh I like it guys. I'm 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 a fan yeah. of your music. So uh hopefully you can you know re revisit that at some point once uh tag is up and running. Uh, Scott Koish, looking forward to hearing more about the company. So many new companies. Yeah, we are in a very, uh, we're in an expanding industry slash hobby right now. Wiz Collectibles, good evening. I'm very excited for another episode. Can't wait to see more of the tag brand. Dave Garvin says, hey guys, I'm in Australia. Are you guys going to venture out here? That's a great question. That We'll talk about that in episode number five, Dave, when we talk about future plans for tag. So hang, hang tight and we will definitely be addressing that uh, in due course. 
And JP Brabant cannot wait to send my cards in. This will be a long-awaited market disruptor. Steve Cass and his team are studs. Very nice, JP. Yeah. Welcome you. to the show, and thank you for the comment. So let, I want I want the audience and myself to get to know you guys a little bit better as collectors too, and and as hobbyists. Um, so and and as well as your backgrounds, like really, what are your credentials? What brought you to uh, and what, what what is it that enables you to do what you're doing at Tag? Let's start with you guys as collectors. What do you each collect? Why don't we start with you, Mark? Sure. Um, well, growing up, uh, we played all the sports, uh, but we played baseball basically year-round. So we played ice hockey, uh, we played basketball, um, football, soccer, uh, baseball all the time. <laughs> never, never a Saturday off, basically. And um, my go, my position was always shortstop. So, <laughs> of course, I idolized Derek Jeter as a kid, and. Um, <laughs> Since I idolized him so much, my uh, loyalty to my to the team was to the Yankees, perhaps incorrectly because I'm a Los Angelino. So now I've, I've learned my place. I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan through and through. But when I was a kid, I was definitely a Yankee fan because of Derek Jeter. And um, he was the start of my collection, basically. I, I had, uh, you know, anything that I could find that had his name on it was going straight into into my binder into a sleeve and into a binder and um one of the one of my favorite cards that that we have um is the 93 uh jeter sp and i actually share it with michael even though he sometimes forgets that we share it um, <laughs> it's a split split card um and the other the other jeter that's my favorite is uh one that i pulled out of a i pulled it out of a sports illustrated for kids and I remember flipping through the magazine and being like, no way, he, he's everywhere. This is so awesome. He's the best. And so I just, of course, try to rip it out very carefully. I, I did a decent job. I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't, you know, rip the card in half. But the perforated edges are, are decent. And I still have that card. It's one of my favorites because it just brings me back to, uh, you know, being a shortstop, looking up to a shortstop. Right and on. that's what that card means to me. Very cool. Michael, what about you? I mean, if you if you can get past the fact that Mark just says that, you know, you share the card, it's not just yours. What do you, uh, what, what do you, where, where are your, uh, where are your interests in the hobby? Um, man, that's like picking between my children or something. Um, uh, so if I, if I were to pick one card, the one card that is my favorite all time card, it would be the 92 Bowman Mike Piazza. Um, just because I love his position. I was a catcher growing up. Uh, Mark even played, you know, pitcher. So I was behind the dish and I, being behind the dish was somewhere I felt really, really comfortable. And I idolized Piazza so much. Um, and uh, I guess I also played left wing. So um, God, I guess the 87 Luke Robitaille, um, just, you know, him in the, the OG jersey, the original crown, the yellow and purple. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like we discussed, being a musician, singer, and, and uh, a guitarist, the um, 56 um, Elvis cards I absolutely love, um, especially the artwork behind those cards. Um, and each one really, you know, holds a special place in my heart because um, I associate certain memories with those cards. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I have them stored away. Very nice, very nice. How about you, Matt? Let's finish with you. What's uh, where where do your interests lie in the hobby? So um, most recently, I've been 
collecting uh, Panini Select UFC cards. And I actually, um, pretty recently, I think it was either last year at the National or the year before, but I, I did a, um, a contest with one of our partners and um, we did a, a case break and I ended up pulling um, uh, the number one card to win the contest and we won we won the box. And then I also pulled a Nate Diaz auto, who's like my favorite fighter that I've, I've actually met before and he was so cool. Um, and so that was, that really got me excited. Um, so that's one of my favorite cards um, now, but actually my, <clears throat> where I started was uh, in more of the TCG world. And I'm still probably, that's probably my most passionate side of things. <clears throat> and tag is not creating TCG right off the gate, but we will be, and we're already working on that. Um, but yeah, so Pokemon I've collected since I was really young. Um, and then from Pokemon, I went into Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, and then I went into some more obscure TCGs like um, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, shout out to the Yu Yu Hakusho Discord. Um, and then uh, there's like Neopets cards, which was another Wizards of the Coast um, product that I was pretty into. Uh, Inuyasha, Dragon Ball Z, a bunch of TCG stuff. Um, so, but oh, actually, I had a funny story I wanted to tell. Um, Mike, oh God! I know where you're going. Mike, Mike used to um, when we were first pulling Pokemon cards, he used to um, look at the cards. <laughs> I think I don't know. You could maybe were like six years old or something. But I'll he used hanging. to look at the cards and then write a grade on the card with pen. <laughs> he used yeah. to write it with pen, and then I remember saying to him because I'm two years older, and I remember being like, "You can't do that. It's going to ruin the card." I, I was ranking them. I was ahead of my time. I was grading the cards. Okay. And I remember telling you, I said, it's an, it's a, um, it's oh, an erasable, it's erasable pen. pen. Remember? Yeah. He was I like, it's okay. It's an erasable pen. It's okay. I can just erase it off my first edition Pokemon. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, little did I know. Uh, yeah. so, uh, luckily not on the, uh, really valuable ones. So I'm, I'm safe there. Right on. So, okay. So you guys are all, you guys have all been into cards your, your whole lives and, and playing sports as well. Really cool. Nice. I appreciate the, the reference to Luke Robitaille and the, the left winger. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I like hockey quite a bit and I do, I do love that old Los Angeles Kings jersey with the crown and the purple, yellow and black uh, logo. That was very, very be beautiful stuff right there. Let's learn a little bit about your backgrounds though now, guys. Um, how, I, what I want to really know is like, how have you, how have you been using your experience and your education to bring tag to where it is today? Uh, start with you, Matt, in the middle. Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, first and foremost, I think um, one thing you already touched on is the fact that as brothers, we've been working together for a long time. So I think we really have an advantage there because we, I think we're very familiar with each other's work ethic and it, there's a mutual respect and, um, ability to communicate at a pretty high level and get things done. So, um, and to tie that into so, sort of a company ethos, something that Steve instills in us every single day is uh, there's only one word that matters and that's execution. Exactly. So um, I think uh, it all sort of ties into each other. Um, but in terms of um, background, <clears throat> sorry, um, background, um, I am, uh, I sort of remember um, just getting into the tag area of like branding, like kind of how I touched on earlier. And like, so I've, I've been um, 
working as a design freelance designer since I was actually got my first internship job when I was 13, um, doing web design. Um, and so I was coding HTML and CSS and learning the full Adobe suite. And so I stuck with that throughout the whole of my life and then ended up going to um, USC School of Roski, uh, USC, USC Roski School of Art and Design. Uh, got my BA there and um, have been working as a uh, freelance designer professionally for the past um, 18 years. So that's kind of the extent of my background. Yeah. Um, like Matt, I also got my BA from uh, USC Rossi School of Design. Um, and then from there, I worked as an art curator, worked as an art consultant, a fine artist, um, and as a part of an art consultancy association where I really helped direct uh, creative uh, for hotels, hospitalities, um, homes, even senior homes, which was annoying. Um, but as I developed that skill set, um, the the firm eventually became one of my clients. And as I began to take commissions for custom pieces, I kind of channeled that into what I'm doing into TAC today, um, which is more of the customer facing side of things, the branding, the marketing side of things, which you'll see with the kits and, uh, and the slab and everything we'll get into in a bit. How about you, Mark? Like uh, Mike and Matt, I don't have a des uh, design degree, but I do have a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration from uh, the Marshall School of Business at USC. Um, and my focus is much more sort of methodical and mathematical in nature, even though I do consider myself a very creative person and working col uh, collaboratively with them on creative things. Um, my background is more specific in the finance sector. I've worked uh, in, in, in wealth management for uh, the Royal Bank of Canada and for uh, Morgan Stanley and the team that I was working with there was doing, um, it was called Greystone Consulting and they basically had portfolios for their institutional clients. And then they also had a separate sector that was for their private wealth clients. So uh, sort of my, my always joke with, with this kind of topic is that these guys were the guys with the paintbrushes and I'm the guy with the calculator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. Well, good. I, I think it's important. I like, listen, I want to be able to, what I like to do on my show is to introduce the, the guests and, and let, let, let the, the audience get to know the guests a little bit. And uh, that's been a, a theme on my show for over two years now, and I'm not going to stop now. So I'm, I'm glad that we're able to, to introduce you guys. Uh, ben Liu says the three cooks are amongst the most talented, and amazing people I've ever met. And I mean, obviously, you know, you know, Benjamin, and that, that's wonderful. But I, I want to reiterate that because I came away from meeting you guys and I've met you guys a couple times now, but I came away from meeting you guys. Uh, and I, 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 I use this fall. I use the. I use this following comment to describe you guys. And it's a comment that I've only, I don't really use much because, but I think I, I've, I've said like, these are three of the finest young men I've ever met. And that the reason I don't say that is because I'm still pretty much a young man myself, at least like to think I am. So what gives me the right to call someone else a fine young man or three of you fine young men. But I want to reiterate what Ben says. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I've just been thoroughly impressed with you guys. Uh, each time we've met and with every interaction we have, you guys are impressive. And uh, again, Steve's lucky to have the three of you. Tag is lucky to have you, the three. Of you. The hobby is lucky to have you guys looking out for it now behind the tag brand and the initiatives and the innovation. So um, so again, happy to have you on the show today. 
Uh, Steve Foley says Derek Jeter, but we need you to come back to the Yankees. He <laughs> says we got the dream team right here. Brian Adams is getting impatient. He wants to see this, see this clap. We will get there, Brian. We will definitely get there. Three Sharp Kids says uh, Lucky K. Good evening, Frank Estella. Great to see you. And Skeppy has a question here. Let's see what he says. Being young guys in an old hobby, can you speak to situations where you've needed to stop and ask for help? What advice can you give other young people working in this industry? That's a, that's a really great question, actually. What advice can you give other young people working in the industry? Who wants to take this? You, Matt? Sure, yeah. I, actually, I think this is a, a perfect segue to what I wanted to uh, discuss about our operating uh, management system, um, order management system, rather. Um, one thing that, that we feel has is a big barrier to entry for this industry um, is just like how difficult it is to submit cards. Like not to mention how it's been over the past, you know, year or two with the pandemic. But I mean, it's just, there's a lot of stuff to learn. There's YouTube videos, people have channels where, I mean, I've watched videos where they're explaining like what supplies to buy, how to put post-it notes on each of the penny sleeves because you don't want, you know, companies to ruin it when they're taking it out. Um, what kind of packaging to, to pack it with so you don't damage stuff in transit. Who do you send it to? What type of shipping, like, um, what, what's declared value? What, I mean, there's just so many different things to learn that I think it makes it a little bit difficult for, for newbies to get into the hobby. So um, one thing that we've really tried our best to do is learn and ask, you know, a lot of, I mean, we go to every, all these conventions, we, we constantly are learning, reading, and try and distill that information and then remake it into a way with tag that just streamlines everything. Um, try to make it as simple as possible and be inviting to the hobby. We want more people to be in this hobby. We want to do it for the good of the hobby and we want people to feel like um, as passionate as we do about it. So um, that's that's uh, our incentive, I think. Sure. Find, find uh, what I like about you, what you're doing. I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't wanna say I'm gonna sum up what you said, but it's almost like, let's find ways to reduce friction to make the whole hobby just easier for people, I want to thank THC for this really nice compliment. I really appreciate this, THC. Uh, did you ever think that maybe there's more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good looking? No, THC, listen, I mean, this is what God gave me, and uh, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to go with it. Okay. And, and with that, let's uh, let's get a little bit into, um, into what we're actually the meat of the episode now, which are some of these things that differentiate TAG from other third-party grading companies. And you just alluded to it, Matt, in terms of the order management or order submission system. So, you know, in my experience, as, as was just discussed, submitting cards to any grading company, it's always been a serious hassle. Maybe that's why we see third-party uh, group submitters and that sort of thing. But are you ready to go? How, how does the user go about submitting cards to TAG and, and how have you guys improved the process? Yeah, so... <clears throat> I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, pull this up in the sh screen share here. So this is a little preview of our... Um, order Should I share? Should I bring it on? So I was just going to... We're thinking we'll, we'll walk you through um, the tag process. Um, how does somebody submit? How to, Are we sharing them? Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah so how does somebody submit? Um, what are the steps? 
how are we reducing the, fr the friction, so to speak, like you just said. Um, and so basically, first off, we're three options. We're only taking regular cards at first, um, regular size cards. But um, one thing that right off the bat we thought adds a big element of convenience is an order nickname. So we want people to feel like they can go into their user account and just have an easy way to track all the orders they've have they've had as opposed to like having to look up order IDs and numbers. So let's just start this off with uh, Matt's, um, I don't know, 2020 tops collection, something like that. Um, so then here we are at the order entry page. And so before I dive into this, I, what we really wanted to do when we took, we took a step back and we were like, okay, what's the easiest thing that everyone knows how to use? And then we came back with, okay, Google, right? It's so easy to search and um, you use a system of natural input language, which is what we've integrated here, where you can just type in um, examples of, of different cards. Like, so if I say 2020 Panini Mosaic, um, you have, you basically here, you have, oops, you have, um, an opportunity to do a system of tagging, right? So if we wanna say Panini Mosaic, we click enter, and then now anything I type going forward will be under this category. So say we wanted to look up like Keenan Allen, he pops up right here. And then you have, um, basically how we have it is that there's the base card and then all of the parallels in alphabetical order. So you're able to um, type in, so I'll do like a, a few more examples, like, um, let's see, 2020 Mosaic. And then if we say, say we wanted to search for like Genesis, and then from here you could do like your card number. So say we wanted to do like 79, and then we get Walker here. And then the other thing is it's, it's super easy to just click and add. You don't have to retype everything. Say you have like a bunch of these players from the same set. Um, and it just makes stuff really simple. You just can rifle through things like this. Um, and then another thing is like, if you don't know what year something is, you can type this in in any order, right? So if you know that you have like an Aaron Judge card, you could type in Judge, create a tag out of it. And then um, you know the card number, but you don't know the year. So um, this one's like SG9-9. So type that, here it comes up here. It's a Panini, Panini Prism Star gazing card. This is the base. And then you have all of the parallels here in alphabetical order. And then obviously you could type in the parallel, like if you wanted, uh, you know, whatever, a purple variation. There you go. Right, gives you all the options. Yeah, so the nice thing is that you don't have to retype stuff. You just have a system of tagging and then there's no like order to it. It's just however you you know want to type it in as if it's Google and um, the system has become really robust. We have um, some data analysts that have been working on this for quite some time and we feel really confident in its capabilities now. So um, that's a little bit of uh, this capability. And then um, as you scroll down here, um, we have like something I'm sure a lot of your viewers are familiar with, like a minimum grade. So if, if somebody didn't want to have anything below a seven slabbed with their tag slab, they could check this and then 
select a minimum grade, um, but this is not required. Um, mm -hmm. So say we go, we keep going through here. Um, we go to uh, a page where we check the shipping, a summary, agree to the terms and conditions. And then from here, we have received your order and then your submission kit is on its way. So it's really just very simple. Um, we include insurance in it uh, for your cards. And the very next step is basically waiting to get your supplies, which you'll get within two days because we do uh, express shipping for free. Um, and then all of the instructions are in the submission kit. You pack everything in, send it back, it's secure. And then um, I think Michael's gonna go over our submission kit. So that's the, the next step. Okay, cool. Well, before before you do that, Michael, and I'll let you kind of prepare if you have some uh, some props, and I, I know that you do. A uh, couple questions that I want to just uh, ask you guys on on the submission. But first, before I do that, though, uh, I really like the ease of use of that. Like again, everything that you guys do, the attention to detail with every step along the way, uh, is has is just really impressed me. And I've submitted to to several grading companies in the past, and I've never been so impressed with the process before. So I want to congratulate you guys on that. Um, but I'm going to go off the off topic for a quick second here and ask you about certain a uh, couple things because you guys are you're launching you're, you're about to launch a company. And as you mentioned, uh, just now that you're only taking regular size cards. So up to what thickness are you guys accepting uh, out of the gate? I think 55. Yeah, 55 points. Yeah, so just just the, the second, the kind of the second thickness above above regular, but do you plan to, and are, are you working on being able to accept thicker cards in the near in the near term? Yes. Definitely, yeah, most definitely. We're already working with, you know, accom accommodating those cards. They require basically different slabs if you're going to uh, encase them properly. So we're already, all of that processing is, is already underway and in the works. Okay, cool. And then my other question has to do with autographs on cards. Um, do you guys is tag accepting pack pulled autographs right away? Not right away. It is a fast follower. Um, pack pulled autos, um, but not not at the gate. But it is a it is a very high priority for us to get that as soon as possible. Okay, good. I think you know that's something that people definitely uh, are interested in. Uh, Cutler's Cards puts up a question here I'm going to bring up. He says, will the grading software detect errors in the submissions? Like if you selected a red refractor, but the card is really a red wave refractor. How do you guys handle that sort of thing? So the, it, it's twofold or actually threefold. Um, first and foremost, there's um, uh, OCR, optical character recognition, that our system has built into it. So if there is something that can be identified verbally, which obviously if it's a, a refractor variation, that wouldn't be. But um, in cases where it is, that's something that gets highlighted in our system to be, uh, to be rectified. Um, so basically what that is for more explanation is the computer uh, looks at verbiage and it says, this isn't matching up with the data that's entered in the operating, in the uh, order management system. So there's a conflict there, this needs to be uh, treated. Um, for, for uh, the next sort of QA measure is there are uh, there's a database that we've accumulated over the past many years of images. Um, so if the image of a certain parallel doesn't match the one that it claims to be, that cues a red flag in the system. <clears throat> uh, 
The other thing is uh, we have a manual QA part, um, which is people will see, uh, I didn't show in the, uh, in the screen share, but we have a part after you submit your order where you can follow a tracker that's timestamped every section of the process, every part of the way it goes through a scanner and then you can see at home where your card is in the process. So um, there is a QA part at the tail end that verifies that all of those things uh, passed with a human. Awesome. So, and basically adding on to that, Jeremy, when, when the cards are received here in receiving, so we are op opening packages and each individual card receives a pre-printed label and so that it has a QR code so that as it moves through the facility, each card is, is, is tracked. But when it's when it's labeled, that person is verifying: is this a red, you know, is this a red wave or a, uh, did you say, a red or a red wave, basically? Right. So that's just another added element of QA that happens right at the beginning upon upon receipt. Awesome. Okay, thanks for that, guys. Uh, Skeppy's really curious about these submission kits, which we're going to get to in a couple of seconds here. Wiz Collectible seems like everything has been well thought out and thoroughly done. Yeah, I mean, I can I can vouch for that. Uh, THC says attention to details next level. J Hook, uh, this again, we're doing an episode number. Episode number five is really called the future, so that's when we will talk about their roadmap. So tune in to the uh, the episode number five. The date is in the description of this video. And Hits and Chick says these guys are too smart. I don't understand what they're saying, but I'm sending all my cards <laughs> to tag. <laughs> Very good. And then EY asked this question here, Matt. I'm going to ask you about this. Are you going to control the number of submissions allowed? Good question. Well, I mean, the simple answer is per order. Um, we have a quantity, a, a quantity that will physically fit in a submission kit. So um, that is the, the area in which we do control the quantity. Um, so maybe Michael yeah. should segue into the submission kits, but you know, sure. we place multiple orders. Um, but we, we have two, actually two sizes of kits. There's a standard size and a large size. Yeah, which I'll bring out now. So yeah. that's our transition, right? Yeah, that's the transition, Michael. Why don't why don't we do that? And I know someone was asking about seeing the, the submission kit. So I'm going to hand over the mic to you, uh, Michael, and you can talk about these kits. Perfect. Um, so yeah, the best part of the submission kit is that it's completely free um, and complimentary right here. Let me give a, a, better, a better look here at the submission kit, what you're looking at. So after a user selects um, what cards they want to submit uh, to tag and provides their cr uh, credit card information and everything, um, uh, tag will send them all the complimentary supplies they need to properly protect their cards in transit, um, right? So what you're looking at here is the physical exterior box called the tag safe case. Um, and this is what FedEx delivers directly to your door. Uh, this box right here um, replaces the traditional corrugated brown shipping box, right? And we did this um, because we really wanted to kind of like change the narrative um, that each trading card, we wanted each trading card to be viewed like an art piece and that they should be treated as such. Um, so this box is made out of a PET fabric which uh, stands for uh, polyethylene terephthalate, um, which is a bio-based uh, polyester. Um, it's also water resistant, guys, which is really super cool um, in case of inclement weather. So if we're sending this somewhere in Michigan, there's snow, um, this, this, all your cards are gonna be protected in here as well as your supplies. 
Um, there's also a silicone uh, uh, label holder on the top of the box here um, to hold your outgoing and return shipping label. So this is really important too. We're paying for your shipping label, guys. It's like Amazon, right? So all you need to do when you pack your, your, your kit up is just to remove this top label and then your return label underneath is already ready for you to go. So all you need to do is just drop this box off to your local FedEx. Um, so let's let's open the box, right? Can we do that? Um, so this is the tag skirt, which I'm opening here, guys. And you can see the zipper, um, this tag skirt, uh, the, uh, sorry, the safe case skirt is protecting the zipper. We're also gonna have a uh, cable seal that goes through the, the, the D-ring, the D-ring and the zipper here. And that will look like this. You guys see that all right? Mm -hmm. So that cable seal is gonna protect it. Um, and then, Okay, can I get a drum roll, please? Thank you. So here is the tag, a large uh, submission kit, and you're gonna take it out. Proceed to take it out like so. Um, this submission kit, guys, holds up to um, 200 cards. Um, as you can tell, um, the box is, is very durable. It's double corrugated. It um, has a matte lamination, um, but actually printed on a uh, like a soft touch printer. So it has this cool, nice velvet feel to it. As you can see, like kind of the inspiration with this was to have that feel of the sneaker culture. Um, and you have that holographic foil stamp here, which we love. Um, the tag social um, uh, uh, handles on the side there. And then when you open the box, it says your tag submission kit is here, right? So we spent a long time trying to invent a new way to protect uh, cards in transit. And uh, it occurred to us that a tried and true method, really, that people used for, for playing cards um, are, deck, are plastic deck boxes. So we took that seed of an idea and kind of created our own uniquely molded uh, deck box, right, to fit uh, the tag shields. So instead of using the usual cards and deck uh, protective sleeves, we have these custom uh, deck box here for everybody. So this is what it looks like. Can one of you guys hold that? Here's the deck box. Here, this one has cards in it, I think. No, I think. And then here, let me show you really quick the small submission kit. So this is what's going to be the standard. Guys, this is the half size version. This fits up to 100 cards. And as you can see here again, you have all the instructions above here of how to pack your submission kit, going through all the steps, locating the packing list, um, locating the, the tag shields and sleeves, which are in here. And I'm gonna open this too so you guys can see that the, the sleeves, um, that there's both a sleeve and a tag shield inside. So here's the tag shield, and then the sleeve is here. Oh. So this is what the sleeve would also look like. So this is, um, shout out to the Great Saver Pro guys, a PVC acid lignin free penny sleeve here. So what you would do if you get all your supplies is you would take up, everyone should be using notch gloves by the way when they handle raw card. 
So they take their raw card and they put it into the penny sleeve. They then would proceed to put it inside the tag shield and then into the deck box it goes just like that. So then you would close the deck box, you put it back into your submission kit, you'd keep all the remainder uh, supplies if you, if you want, um, and then close the box and then put it back into the tag safe case, seal it with that cable seal or even a galvanized cable seal for more valuable cards. We also have that as an option. Um, and, uh, and then you drop it off to your local FedEx. So it's, it's that simple. Okay. Well, thanks for taking us through that, Michael. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to go and I, I can, uh, I can just also say that I've seen, I've seen and touched and felt these supplies and, uh, you know, you guys, you guys just thought of just about everything there. Uh, so some comments are coming in. Let's, let's address some of these, these comments. First of all, there's a couple of people who've asked about, uh, mm -hmm. vintage cards and that. So out of the gate tag is only accepting cards from two, the year 2000 forward. Is there a plan? And we'll talk about this in the fifth episode, but just to let people know, are you guys planning and going back in time and accepting older cards than two, than the year 2000? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I think that's good to know and that's important. And I mean, that you know, people want to be able to send in all of their cards. So that's definitely uh, important. Uh, Fact Sakes asks, will submissions be open to Canadians at launch? So the, um, I think we're doing it for the pre-sale. Are we doing it for the pre-sale? Uh, that's a good question. I think, it, I think it's T, TB, TBD. Yeah, it might be TBD. Although I, I do know with FedEx, we, we have some pretty great deals. Um, and so I'm going to say a very close yes to that. Okay, good. And I mean, hey, I'm up in Canada, so help a brother out, fellas. Help a brother out. Okay. A couple of comments about the security of the submission kit. Brian Adams says, are you worried about theft from the shippers seeing they will know what's in there? So my first question is, how does, I don't know why Brian assumes they will know what's in there, but what do you, how do you respond to that, guys? Um, well, there's, there's, yeah, go ahead. There, can I see the yeah, safe case? So we actually purposely um, designed this so that people won't know what's in there. Um, it's it's has no branding on it whatsoever. It's black. Um, actually, the company that we worked with to create these called Eternity, um, great company. They create for a lot of other companies that are starting to transition to this. Um, and the reason why a lot of companies are doing this is it keeps your items safer and it's not so wasteful. With each one of these, we save uh, 40 uh, cardboard boxes that would otherwise get put in the trash. Um, so we like the fact that it's environmentally friendly and instead of just putting tape in a box, you have um, something that's in a sturdy weatherproof box with a cable seal on it. So we feel that this is enhancing the security, especially because it's unbranded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to be unbranded for sure, for sure. Uh, EY says, Try, I'm trying to determine if you plan on controlling submissions so you don't get inundated and turnaround times exceed expectations. Is this something you guys want to speak to today or is this better to speak to in episode number five? I'd say we will punt it sort of to episode five, but also uh, mention that it's our intention, as Steve mentioned in the first episode, to always deliver what we say we're going to deliver. So having said that, I don't want to say more. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, that that that's great, and we'll 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 stick to the program for tonight. 
Bob's big boy says definitely a better mousetrap. So to speak, does the kit create additional cost in grading for the consumer? No, not for the consumer. I mean, obviously for us, but because of, because we utilize technology, our direct labor costs goes down significantly. So one of the things we've always felt is why we should pass along those savings to the customer. We should absorb that thing and let's, let's reinvest in, in the hobby and in the consumer. Like, yeah, it also speaks to the reusability factor, especially with the tax safe cases, right? We can, we can use these up to 40 times, right? And then we're able to put, allocate that money elsewhere um, by giving free submission kits to uh, our users. Yeah, and like Mark said, I think <clears throat> one of the most critical things to us is um, doing what's right for the hobby. And I think that if, if people have this incentive, like, oh, we don't have to pay for supplies, it makes it this easy to submit, it just creates that much more excitement to, to engage in it. So we think that it's it's worth the extra cost to tag um, to provide that to customers. Right on. Okay. Uh, Jay Wilson says, "Great in concept. I'm already looking. I'm already looking for a group submitter to do all the work for me." <laughs> Fair enough. Are you guys going to be open to working with group submitters? Yes, no, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Okay, uh, Wiz Collectible says the, the deck boxes each hold 50 cards, it appears. Any tips or suggestions of sending, say, 10 cards so they aren't shuffling around inside the deck box? How do you guys address that? Um, well, we also have these uh, polyurethane pads um, that fit perfectly inside the deck boxes themselves so that you could almost sandwich your cards in between. So if you're submitting, you know, a, a quantity of around, you know, under 20 or so, you'll be provided with those. What about if somebody already has their, their cards in a penny sleeve and a card saver? Do they need to switch to the tag penny sleeve and tag shield? And, and is the tag shield simply a card saver? It, yeah, it is, it is a, a card saver or semi-rigid, whatever you want to call it. Um, ideally, we would love all of the raw cards to be in the easy pull sleeve, um, just because when it comes back into operations, it's really simple for all of our operators to pull the, the card out and um, Do you have one of those? Doesn't, doesn't you know damage the card in any in any way? Maybe we um, didn't show that yeah, uh, clear it. enough. But the intention behind that penny sleeve um, is it has a tab built into it. So <clears throat> instead of having to put a post-it note on a penny sleeve or something of that nature, it sort of removes the risk when you just pull the tab. Um, yeah, it reduces the, the risk yeah. of damage on on anybody's part, any handling of the card whatsoever. And so I think the answer to the question is we would still be able to grade it, but um, it's probably smart to to use this just for the convenience of the, of the grader. And so grading system rather than the operator. Here are the tag shields and sleeves, right? So if you open this up, you'll have these easy pull, 50 easy pull there. Oop, the glare. And then you have your sleeves here. Shields. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Lucky K makes the comment to slap an Apple Air tag on that thing if it's if real valuable, which is a great idea. I was uh, I'm, I'm in a, a group chat today, and uh, one of our one of the guys in the chat was mentioning how they just used an Apple Air tag just in a in a simple, well, not a simple, but a high value transaction with cards traveling across the country, and he was very pleased with how that worked. So there's another idea too for you guys to maybe add a add, you know, add a, a potential uh, you know. Uh, service there if, if if your customers would be interested in having that. Uh, Skeppy yeah. wants to know if you misplace or damage the kit, what happens in that case? 
Well, Jeremy, we just wanted to say in response to that, that we actually are already working on that. So we like where his head's at. Yeah. Because uh, we're working with FedEx on a tracker that's, um, that's... Right. Well, I'll give a little sneak peek. It, a tracking system that would go inside of the submission kit um, that would, you know, have geofencing. You could see who opens your box just in case there's, you know, someone, if it's misplaced or someone picks it up uh, or someone steals it, God forbid. Um, so we're taking necessary precautions for that. Right on. Okay, great. And Jay Wilson, yeah, we covered that at the very beginning of the episode. Feel free to rewind or watch after and see what these three fellas collect themselves and how they're involved in the hobby as collectors. Okay, so we've gone through, we've looked at the order management system, the submission system. We've looked at the, the, the supplies, the submission kits. Next thing that happens is you guys receive the cards at the tag facility you go through, grade the cards, and we're going to see that grading system in episode number four. So everybody, make sure you come back. Episode number three is this Saturday, like four days from now. Episode number four is next Saturday. And episode number five, where we talk about all the, the, the future roadmap, will be the Saturday after. I think it's June the 25th. But let's now talk about what happens when you ship the cards back to the customer. What do they receive and now we're finally, we're shortly going to get to what the slab itself looks like and talk about the features of the slab. Yeah, so the um, so what you receive back in the mail um, is what's called a graded package. And this is what it will look like. Um, and this graded package holds up to 20 cards. So if you remove this tissue paper here, you'll see 20 slabbed cards here and a, and a standard uh, slab sleeve. Um, so when you open the graded package though, um, you'll see immediately that there's a QR code here at the top, um, which is a, a video tutorial. So you can scan that code and it will tell you how to access the tag imaging uh, or digital imaging and grading report, which we'll go over on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then also how to um, access the, the slab uh, authenticity, um, which Matt's gonna go through for a bit when we, when we uh, introduce the, the slab. Um, but also customers are able on the website to opt to have their um, slabs, what we call wax wrapped, which is a foil wrapping. And Matt's gonna show that here in a second. Yeah, so it's the option to either have a traditional wrapping, which is the translucent plastic, um, or uh, tag wax wrap, which is seen here, which is uh, an homage to the entirety of why most people get into this hobby it's the love for opening packs so we love this idea of being able to get your graded cards back and then having the the fun and the surprise of getting to open the pack and find out what you got so um here we so, have so matt let me just let me just interrupt for a second and ask so if if i want to receive my cards in that foil wrap so i have that element of surprise does that mean that in the in the order management system, do I have the option to go in and turn off a, a grade preview so I won't see what my grades are before they arrive back at my at my address? Correct. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So sorry. Continue. Yeah. Sure. So um, <clears throat> you want me to open it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah. So this is a sealed one. So this is how you'd receive it in that graded kit that Michael showed, and then. Um, yeah, okay. we'll rip it open. Rip it open here. This is exciting. All right. How does it feel? Tell us about <laughs> it. So, let's see what this card's going to get. 
And this will be the first look again at the slab yeah. in this episode. So this is a 10 pristine Conor McGregor card. And as you guys can see, the slab is completely translucent, completely transparent. We Let me get the glare off there. There you go. So we, we really feel that the coolest way to present a card is to let the card speak for itself. And all of the data, um, the tag grade, Mark's going to go through all this stuff with, um, if you check on taggrading.com, there's like uh, some um, specific text about all the features of the slab and it takes you through it. But um, here's an in-person view. So. Right. And as Matt's holding it up, I'll give uh, sort of a, a brief rundown of what went into making these slabs. And so we, we started with, with basically focus group testing and actually our own um, input as to what what slabs on the market do we like, what do we like about them, what don't we like about them, different things of that nature. Some feedback we were constantly getting was uh, some slabs are too thin, don't provide enough protection, others are um, too, too rigid and too, um, too difficult, like pointy. And, and, and sharp to feel in your hand. So what we did was basically say, okay, the solution to that is let's radius the edges and make an ergonomic feeling slab. So, so that's what we did first and foremost with radius edges that um, also accommodated a thick enough slab that it's durable and feels like it adequately protects your card, but not blocky enough like it's a brick in your hand. So we, we, the goal there was to find the happy median, uh, medium of protection and comfort. And that's what we feel like we've, we've achieved here. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I visited your facility in March, you guys uh, brought me into the boardroom and you had, you had all the slabs of all the, you know, competitors, let's say, along with yours. And you, you asked me to hold them all and feel them all and just which one kind of, which one felt feels the best in your hand. And, uh, you know, listen, it, it, it's hard not to sound like I'm biased, but the, the tag slab was far and away the most pleasing just to hold in my hand. And then, of course, I was blown away by the overall look and feel. And then you guys explained to me how the quality of the of the material that you're using, which you'll, you'll I'll let you get into before mm -hmm. before I do turn it back over to you. I do want to go to a couple more comments here fact sake says fantastic presentation of your product who is responsible for the look everything is very clean love it is that you three is it steve cass who is uh who's responsible for all this uh the wonderful look and feel of, of everything that, of all these details it's a i say it's steve, a... steve pushes us pretty hard to make sure that we're uh, making the best product we can always trying <laughs> for excellence yeah but certainly a uh 100% collaborative effort on everybody involved here at the tag team. Um, we were constantly bouncing ideas off each other, giving constructive criticism, feedback, um, and working well with each other just to elevate and continue to elevate the product to the best that we think it can be. I well, let's, give you, let's give you some immediate feedback here, guys. Uh, Raul says, uh, sweet slab, by the way, said that last week, and we'll welcome back Raul. Erica looks great. Anthony George says that's a nice looking slab. Michael Ham, welcome, says slab looks great. Hits and Chicks says these boys are serious. Steve <laughs> uh, Foley, oh my God, that slab is gorgeous. Well done. Troy likes the slab as well. 
Uh, I'm sure there's more here. I'm just, uh, oh, wait, what's this one here? Uh, Jay Wilson, is this the Tesla of card grading? <laughs> very good, very good. And fact sakes, are the cards wrapped individually with YouTube grading reveals in mind? Well, obviously, right? I mean, not to say obviously to you fact, but yeah, like that's a great uh, use case for for what what they're uh, what they're showing us. Uh, definitely, definitely right there. Um, okay, and then I'm gonna we're gonna change gears just quickly here because Raul says, when are you guys going to release pricing information? And I've had this question before, um, and I know we've kind of skirted around it for now because you guys are still nailing that down as far as I understand. Do you have a timeline for when pricing information is going to be made public? Uh, I would say well, by certainly by the end of the uh, podcast series. The podcast series, I think we can we can adequately make that promise, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. There you go. So let's say June the 25th that is the that is that that is the Saturday, right? June the tw- yes, that is the that June the twenty fifth will be episode number five, the fifth and final reveal episode that that we're doing on Sports Cards Live with the Tag uh, Grading Company. So June twenty fifth, pricing will be revealed. And listen, I've you know I've had my own conversations with these guys, and it's going to be extremely competitive. This is not going to be any more expensive than it. Well, hold on, I better qualify what I I don't expect. I expect it to be very competitive, uh, but uh, listen, I'm not a part of this. I'm just over here saying what I, what I, from the, the feeling I get from talking to the team at tag over the past little while as well, as I've been working on uh, preparing for this episode. So, um, okay. Do you want to talk more about the slab now and some of the features? Yes. Yeah. So um, m- moving forward with the slab and basically the material itself, um, it's, it's a PMMA, it's an acrylic. Uh, some other companies don't quite disclose what they use, but I've done extensive testing and I, I can tell that others use uh, polystyrene and, and polycarbonate. And the reasons we go, we stray away from those is because this, this version of the PMMA, this exact one we're using, is the most glass-like, most optic uh, transparent um, material that's on the market. And so that lends itself perfectly and beautifully to what we want TAG to represent and embody and well, to represent TAG. Um, And so it is UV resistant, it's also scratch resistant. And then a differentiator from from polycarbonate, a PC in general as an acrylic is the tensile strength. And this plays into sort of the tamper-proof, tamper evidence um, aspect is we didn't want a slab that was so strong that you could stomp on it and no damage would be shown or whatever. If you try to break it, it'll, it won't show damage. With ours, we wanted that happy medium. There has to be an element of brittleness because if you try to tamper with it, it'll crack and it'll show distress. So, And that plays into a, the UV curing directly on the slab because if you tamper with the slab, you tamper with the, the tag, the, the flip. So we've built into a lot of different components of the business this this underlying theme of, of, of transparency and security and and that's that's that. <laughs> yeah, it, it does it does look it looks really really good um, to my to my eye at least. Uh, JP Brabant says uh, not that we ever want to drop our slabs, but has Tag done a drop test as well with the slab? Any- yeah aggressive ones yeah good and is there is there an inner sleeve something that you know 
Um, I know that uh, Beckett Grading Services has an inner sleeve. I know that uh, PSA does not. Does does TAG have an inner sleeve? We, we don't do use one. And we feel like we it was sort of created another layer in between what you're seeing um, for the card. So we felt it wasn't to go back to transparency. It's not aligned in the spirit of transparency to create another barrier. Although it's more protective, we felt like what happens if there is another small speck or a scratch on that interior slab and now you think it's on the card or it's just something that distracts you from the, the beauty of the card that's that's natural. So that's how we felt about it. Fair, fair enough right there. Dave Boliton says, what testing was done in terms of the slab protecting the card over time? It looks great, but primarily I care about storing the card. Yeah, good question. Well, the, uh, yeah, it has the slab, the material itself has our archival quality. It has the UV resistance built in. Um, I haven't tested putting it out in sunlight for five years. Um, I mean, but we can tell you that all the, the, according to the spec sheet and the data sheets that that even wouldn't be an issue with, um, with the quality of the, the material. Yeah. Cause the, these types of plastics are used in there's uses where they have had that oh, yeah. some stuff outside for that. Like, obviously we haven't tested, ours hasn't even been created for that for five years, but. Right. Um, and I'd actually add, I know that for a fact that our exact um, material with our injection molder, they use the same material in um, landing strip lights on air, in airports, basically. So they, it doesn't, it has to stay clear so that the color is true for um, airplanes to be able to see, but it has to be durable enough that it can't break. There's longevity there. Um, that's just an example that I don't recall. Also, in terms of protecting the card itself, protecting it from debris and different particulates, just to give a little sneak preview of what you're going to see on, on episode five, um, we use deionizing um, uh, pencils, um, which uh, basically neutralizes the charge, the static charge of the card, so it doesn't attract any debris or anything. So that ion pencil is done on the on the raw card itself and on the slab. So that once that once the card is welded, there is no debris like um, you know on a micron level even in that slab. So you, so your card is extremely protected. Awesome. In case you don't know what that is, because it makes it sound like we draw with a pencil. It's a, a type of tool that blows a stream of air with deionizing inside of that stream. So it's not it's not it's a, tool. It's a pencil. <laughs> it's a medical grade uh, yeah, deionizing grade device um, that people use for uh, what is the the harvesting the static? Oh, yeah, the hard defibrillator. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Erica Schultz says you guys really thought of everything. And uh, a Skeppy here says, I actually use foam screen protectors on my slabs, so I don't have to put them in bags. I already, I can already see tag slab protectors for sale. And I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy Corey from Show Your Slabs because uh, he, he, uh, uh, his company is our display. You actually that right there. That how do I which which I'll use this. I'll use my left finger. Those that's one of his units up there where I've got nine cards in there that spell Howard Chuck and uh, and he has a product where you, it's like a, a cell phone screen protector. You put it on the slab, which will protect the slab as well. So, um, and add some additional UV, I believe. Um, so shout out to you, Corey, and show your slabs. Um, okay, 
Uh, let me just see. Uh, Hits and Chick says, dude, these guys are the Tesla of grading. My gosh, deionizing cards, robots, man. I've There's a whole bunch of comments that Hits and Chicks has made saying that what are these guys aren't human. They're robots that you thought of everything. So uh, thank you, Hits and Chicks, for the, for, the, for the comments. Okay, so we talked about the material that the slab is made out of. Let's talk about, because uh, I got a list of things now. I got card ID, sub scores. Uh, industry standard grade and the tag grade. Where, what do you want to speak about next? Uh, we can, if Matt, yeah, we can just share the screen. Sure, I'll bring it. There we go, right there. One sec. I think basically what we can, um, you know, we, we've gone through the material and the ergonomic edges and the overall sort of physical inherent attributes. And so now we can kind of focus on what is UV cured on to the, the slab itself? Oh, one, one thing to address right, right off the bat, because I saw we had some comments um, online of people commenting about this, this uh, graphic on our website. Um, this is a, a stock image. I saw, Jeremy, that you used, that you commented in the, the uh, uh, comment section of your YouTube. So yeah, this is, whoop, it's lagging there. This is not a, obviously not a 10. I know it says <laughs> Gem Mint 10 there, but this was a sample of our slab. So um, we're fixing this graphic now, but this was just a, uh, a graphic, not an actual graded card. So I just wanted to make that clarification in case somebody saw this and goes, that's not a 10. Um, so yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I had, I, I, there were some comments. I heard people saying that the, the, the centering is not, is not 10 worthy. And I looked and I thought, yeah, I think, I think those guys are right. So Thanks yeah. for clarifying that this is uh, that that is not an actual tag slab and uh, and are, so did you say you're going to be updating this image on the website? Yes. Awesome. I think that's a great idea, guys. Kudos on on that decision. Okay, so I'll let you pick up where you left off then, uh, there, Matt. Well, and, and I guess I'll just spearhead it until we get to the security. Um, but one of the elements, of course, is card ID. So the in this case, we have the Mike Trout 2011 tops update. Um, all the, the necessary information will be printed right there at the top. And our card, as Matt alluded to earlier, we've amassed quite a, a collection of, of, of a database of cards. And um, sorry, I'm scooting forward. It's like musical and, chairs out here. <laughs> yeah, three of us. Um, one of the features that we think is is another differentiator is that database is allowing us to accurately print that card with that that card ID label every time. We know that in the industry there are times when you may submit a card and like uh, I think uh, Mosaic Refractors, for example, or something may come back with one label uh, one time and another label a, a different time. So our database allows us to completely standardize and replicate everything that goes on so that it accurately matches that card. We'll be able to consistently do that thanks to the efforts of our database, uh, our data team. I think that's really important, guys, because something that Steve mentioned several times on episode number one last Tuesday was just consistency and, uh, and, and consistency. You know, I've got lots of graded cards in my collection, and it's always annoying when you get a, 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 a label back that is misprinted or there's a I've, I've got one with spelling mistake. I've even... Uh, are you ever going to put out a card where the card is upside down in the holder? I've, I've seen, I've seen that, but I've seen that before kind of off topic, but I have seen, I have seen that before, but again, 
the consistency in the uh, the way the the label is formatted, the different information, the maybe abbreviations if it gets too long. Do you guys have all that worked out as far as some of these cards have 15 words in their names just to describe them? Have you guys worked all that out? We've we've gone through some of the most extensive text heavy cards that we can think of. And we basically started with spelling out Giannis's full name. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we've, we've, we've started so Giannis these, with other players. Yeah. yeah team, team cards too. Exactly. We, we, we've thought about all the combinations we have set abbreviations and we're, we're reluctant to use abbreviations because we like when it spells it out fully. So we have dynamic algorithms that basically will say, use this, uh, uh, this abbreviation if necessary. So that everything is consistent and um, we lean towards not using the abbreviations, but we will when, when necessary. When necessary, right. I just want to address Troy's uh, questions there that these, uh, that from my understanding, please confirm if I'm wrong, guys, or confirm either way, but it's going to be one price per card, regardless of the declared value or the value of that card. No, no, no. I know one of the, one of the companies in the space does upcharge based on value. You guys will not be upcharging. We will not be no upcharging. Charging. We'll be Flat pricing feet. based on turnaround time. There you go, Troy. Thanks for that, guys. Okay, sorry. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you continue. Continue on. Oh well. Here, let's just do uh, this question from Ramsey. Great work. Very professional. I have a question. What happens if the slab is dropped in water? It, it won't be damaged. We have. There's a specific word, and I wish I could remember it now, but it's a. Uh, it's a type of seal. Hermetic. Hermetic seal. Yeah, thank you. Wow. <laughs> it's almost as if we're a team. <laughs> uh, hermetic seal. We're achieving that consistently out with our welders. We have them dialed in with a specific collapse length and different different variables that we've dialed in to, to achieve that every time. So your cards will be protected. And something that I noticed when I was at the facility that we talked about was that with your with the tag slab. There's going to be no frosting around the seal, around the border of the seal. And that's something I know you guys were very proud of that because um, any other slab I've seen, you can see frosting around and it, it is an, an eyesore. And some I know some of the companies have different versions of their slab, different inlays, different all sorts of things that, that just make it not, not a consistent experience for the customer. Yeah. Yeah, and I know, if, especially if you have like a tobacco card in a PSA slab, for example, sometimes I've seen that frosted inlay. Sometimes it's completely clear. And when you have a whole set, it's just disturbing not to have it consistent. And if you want to get a consistent and uniform, you got to send it up and send it back and pay again to have it re-slabbed. Um, are, are all your slabs going to look the same, I guess, is where I'm going with this. And just speak a little bit to the fact that there's no frosting around the edges and why that even exists for other companies. Well, and the key to that really is is the location of what are called the energy directors. And you can think of the energy directors as basically triangular tipped points that are electrode uh, welded into our slabs that are basically the glue of what the ultrasonics melt, right? So you can just think of them as the, the melting glue. And they are um, hidden in the radius uh, edges. So we're really proud of the fact that we were able to put them there so that as the, the weld seals, all the glue, it's not, it's sporadic so that there isn't excessive glue, um, but it's enough to create a, a, a true seal. And then the, the pressure that we use is not enough to create 
what the frosting as well. So it's a combination of all of those things to kind of create a nice, happy medium of, of transparency. Awesome. Thanks for that answer. And uh, I want to just go to Dave Bolaton's question here, basically saying, are you guys going to be doing on-site grading? I think he means at card shows, at the National, for example. Can we expect TAG to have a setup at the National in 2022? Most of 2022. How it that one's really that's no, no, oh, the, the, the one that's no, that next month. Oh, yeah, next month, not the one next time. month, the following, yeah, the following one. The following one, okay, great, great, good. Now, Troy Collectible says, No upcharge, thank you. You have a lifetime customer, yeah. People really like the fact that people so, so congratulations for overcoming that. Okay, back to the slab. Do you want me to bring up this, share the screen again so you can keep speaking to the slab? Yes, please. Um, should I go over the security elements or you have more? Um, oh, basically I was just going to go over yeah, here. Um, the subgrades, which is included free in every single card we grade. And we think that lends itself to the spirit of transparency. We, we feel like the subgrades are part of the tag grade. They're part of the evaluation of the card. They're just part of the whole package. So we don't we don't charge extra for them, and we don't omit them. They're always they're always included for you. And the subgrades, as I can see here, are on a one thousand point scale. So th that's that row under the under the QR code and the, where it says ten gem mint. I see centering corners, surface, and edges. Those are all one thousand point grades. Right. And then above that. In embedded in the QR code, I see the I see another thousand point scale grade, and then to the right of it, we can see the the industry standard grade, the ten. Do you guys want to speak to the to now before I before I actually open it up to you? I want to mention that on episode number three, which is this Saturday, we're going to be we're going to see the detailed image and grading report, which customers can access by scanning that QR code. Or by going through the website to their through their order and seeing uh, what what that image report looks like. But do you want to speak to the yep. the thousand point scale briefly? Because yes. we're so, going to get into it in much more detail on Saturday. Totally. So, like you just said, uh, Jeremy, two grades. One is the industry standard grade that everyone's used to. It's a ten standard ten point scale, and that um, is converted from the tag grade, which is on the thousand point scale. And this is our precise, uh, further refined grade that our system gives. And um, so at any time, you know, you get a 10 gem mint and you want to compare your 10 gem mint to another 10 gem mint, you can easily look and see, oh, this one got a 972, this one got a 971. Haha, ha, I have one point, I have one point on you. So, I mean, we like that fact that it, it really adds an additional um, aspect of gamification to the hobby. Um, it, you know, we all know that people classify stuff as a high 10, a low 10. It's kind of, you, you read beyond the two digit number, right? So we like being able to quantify that. And really, um, it's like quantifying the eye appeal element, um, turning that into a three digit score. And, and let me, four digit if it's a thousand. Let, let me just jump in too and say that it, what, it, what it also provides is just that additional level of accuracy for the condition of the card itself, because if anyone watching now or listening has has been watching uh, sports cards live at all for the past couple of years, 
Um, I'm, I'm very fond of saying that, you know, not all tens are the same, not all nines are the same. There are not only 10 or call it 18 or 19 different grades available to cards. And I say 18 or 19 with half, with half grades, there's an infinite amount of conditions that, that a card can be in. So uh, a 10 point scale is almost uh, insulting to, to us as collectors, I think, because it's, it doesn't tell the story. A thousand point scale I love it, guys. I love it from the moment I saw it. I fell in love with it. I think it's, you know, I we we know that um, SGC used to have a 100-point scale, which wasn't really a 100-point scale, but they had a 100-point uh, score on their card, but it didn't really translate the same way. There were not 100 different grades available at that point, but with you guys, there actually are, I won't say 1,000, but 900 different scores available because it's actually a 100 to 1,000 scale. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm still, I'm still recovering. Um, but I love the thousand point scale because, again, it gives us that added level of of just accuracy. And to me, it's, uh, you know, it really it brings to light what I've been saying for so long, which is, hey, I, you know, I'd rather have a strong four than a weak five in my collection. Well, now I can actually see, I can quantify those words. What is a strong four? What is a weak five? And all the way up, up the scale. So I'm a, a humongous fan of the 1000 point scale. And uh, I, I can't wait to get my first cards back uh, that, that tell me where my, where those particular cards fall within that scale. So anyway, I'll shut up, put it back to you guys. Thank you for saying yeah, that. We, I remember when we first uh showed you and uh when you first came to the facility and we showed you and i i i was i remember thinking well he could either hate it or love it but uh <laughs> you responded so so well that um I, we're just glad that you see the vision like we do so appreciate those comments i, I love it i mean i would have done it if i was smart as, as smart as all you guys at tag i would have done it the same way so uh it really resonates with me as a collector thank you great so um, I think the next, so now that we've explained this and the fact that if you scan the QR code, it'll take you to the detailed imaging and grading report. And we're gonna go over that in detail on uh, Saturday. Um, so everyone will get a glimpse of all this, <coughs> excuse me, all of the data that you get from that, um, including images of detailed images of where the defects are, uh, what things got points deducted for them. Um, it really gives you a, a thorough uh, analysis and look at, at why a card got the grade it got. Um, so I think that's something people will really appreciate. Um, and that's, sorry, Matt, but that's going to be an, ep again, that's episode three coming up this Saturday. And I'm sorry to keep on jumping in, but I just want to, uh, I just want to uh, address fact sakes comment here, uh, asking for some details on the pop report, how it will work. Also, will you have a public database? for patch referral to make sure patches weren't swapped out. And I just I just know from talking to you guys that number one, we are going to look at the population that at the tag population report, either in episode three or four, I don't remember. And then as far as the, the referral, you know, if you have access to this QR code, you'll be able to go see an image of the card. So uh, you'll know that, well, first of all, you, you, you cannot tamper with the tag with the tag slab. They are just, they're intamperable, if nothing else, because the flip is printed into the tag into the 
slab itself. So that that just can't be replicated. And there are additional levels of security, which I know you guys will speak about. So, okay, I'm going to shut up again, put it back to you. Yeah, so maybe that's a good segue into the uh, security measure. So one of the things that we're really proud of um, is we we um, teamed up with this company, this uh, technology company called Proof Authentication, and they um, have a proprietary and patented uh, system of digital authentication, which we've integrated into each one of our slabs. And so um, there is a uh, code embedded into the back of this slab. You can see it here, the square, um, which is scannable from your from your mobile app at any time. Um, so if you're, you know, say at um, some convention or something and you want to check out a card and make sure that it is indeed in an authentic tag slab, all you have to do is download the proof authentication app, app from the App Store, which is free. Um, scan it, it authenticates it within a few seconds and lets you know that it's authentic or that it is perhaps not authentic. So um, we're very proud of that. I think it adds a whole nother element of security to the um, asset, which is your card, your art piece that you love. And um, I, I'll show you how, I'll show you how it works. So we take a, here's a card here. Grab the proof app. So you just hold it in your hand, show them the, yeah, you click on um, scan now, it pulls up the scanner, scan into the mark, just like that, it authenticates it. Very cool. <clears throat> so that's something that we really feel um, gives people another level of, okay, this is not going to be tampered with because, um, again, that is a digital code that's embedded in there. I have no clue how to explain it, but you know, it's, it's a very sophisticated technology that is being integrated in currencies. Now I've, uh, we actually worked with um, some security consultants um, going into this that we're doing work for, for government work. So we feel like this is a really uh, pretty cool thing to have on your, on your card. It just seems like, like it seems so advanced compared to what what the hobby offers today and uh you know yeah i just uh i i, I really 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 like it uh dave makes a comment says the security part is potentially a huge selling point printing the info in the slab is great if you can make sure it's tough to counterfeit the slab you're ahead of some competition well i mean yeah that that i i thank thanks for the comment dave and uh you know, there is, we are, the hobby is competitive. Grading has become competitive. There's more and more grading companies popping up all the time. When I announced that I was doing the episode with you guys, I had some comments like not another, oh, great, another grading company. And, you know, it's hard to convey to people on a message board or on Instagram or Twitter that, yeah, well, this might not be like other grading companies. And the only reason I can say that is because I was there. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I was in the facility I've seen it. I've seen the technology. I've even met the develop the the technol the 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 grading, uh, the 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 automated grading software developer. I got to meet that person in a you know on a conference call when I was there. And everything you guys have done is so above and beyond what is currently offered in the hobby that I don't know how you can miss. I I just it, it's like it, you. You, you can't. So, Thank you, Jeremy, we appreciate it. 
Well, I'm I'm just like, what does Wiz say? Wiz says, can't say it enough, but I've been thoroughly impressed with every piece of information in both episodes so far. Yeah. I mean, Great. So, so am I. I I'm, so am I. <laughs> so, okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about or show with respect to the slab? Um, um, we cover else everything. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's uh, until until Saturday. That's uh, mm -hmm. a good good uh, sneak peek. Yeah, and and it's up on the website as well. And feel free to reach out to us via the website if you've got any other questions, or we're happy to answer them or suggestions. And and on behalf of the hobby guys, I appreciate that, Mark. That's uh, generous to, to offer your time. I know you guys are busy. You're working up for the launch. And uh, lot, lots of stuff to, to get done still, I'm sure. Um, but uh, so to the audience, guys, uh, as you know, this is episode two of five. Episode number three is going to be on Saturday when we will. Now, I don't know who's joining us on episode number three. Is Steve coming back? Is Scott joining us? Somebody else? We'll figure that out and we'll get, we'll, we'll have an, more people from TAG joining the show for the hobby to meet via Sports Cards Live, which is really, a, this is a, uh, it's a privilege to be able to host you guys on the channel as, you know, I'm just so excited about for what you're bringing to the hobby. I think it's long, I won't say long overdue, but it's uh, something that the hobby needs and uh, you guys are delivering. So, so right. that's great. Uh, JP Brabant has a question in case it was missed. Is, is the final grade, I think he's asking, is the final thousand point grade an average of the four subgrades? And, um, Listen, but you don't, we will talk about this in episodes three and four as well to you, JP. That's going to come up in episode three, episodes three and four. But uh, do you guys, are you able to answer that at all right now, fellas? Yeah, it's not. Um, we think that there's a lot more um, intricate uh, waiting involved. Yeah, waiting that needs to be involved. Because, like, what happens if, um, for example, we use uh, facial recognition to determine if a scratch is on the face of a player? Um, does a scratch on a player's face uh, affect the same as somewhere else? Who knows? So there's, there's, yeah, it's enough. So I can, and yeah, that's a good example, Matt. And, uh, you know, I was, I was just lucky to be able to have some of those conversations with you guys. And I can tell you that, uh, that they've thought of like, they've thought of everything when it comes to how to, how to objectively and consistently grade a card the way that the hobby wants it graded. These guys didn't invent a new grading, a, a new grading standard. They've applied the grading standard. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe that you've applied the grading standard that the hobby wants, but you've actually figured out a way to do it consistently and reproducibly, uh, which is just something that does not exist in the hobby today. No company does that. So, um, so you guys, you guys have figured out how to do that. Troy's looking forward to Saturday's show. Brendan Ryan says, to the tag team, keep innovating. If you build it, they will come. Very good, very good. Uh, Dave, can you send the submission kit back in a cardboard box? I asked before, but it got skipped. Yeah, I don't, I don't have time to get to every single comment you make, Dave, but I try to get to as many uh, and the best ones possible. Um, but uh, can you send back your submission kit in a, in a cardboard box or will it be rejected, guys? Tag safe case is what is provided to you. It, it won't be rejected if you use the submission kit, um, but we would ideally like you to use the tag safe case. Yeah. yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? I guess the question back to someone like Dave is why wouldn't you just do what they want you, 
how how they're asking you to do it. They're, 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 these aren't details that they randomly, uh, you know, are, are are putting out there and in, into their process. They, there is rhyme and reason behind everything these guys do. So, um, so I, I would recommend using the kits that they are. You know, if anyone if anyone learns about tag through this episode or one of our episodes, please just use the supplies that they're sending you for free. That's going to make the process streamlined. So no reason not to. Yeah. And it, there is a one caveat. If, um, you know, if there are um, some people who want to submit in much larger quantities, which we have had inquiries about, and we understand how that would be a bit of a hang up if you're submitting more than 100, 150, 200 cards, there, there could be accommodations made for that. But again, to reiterate what I think Steve spoke about last episode, every card is looked at the exact same by our system. There's no way for us to have, uh, you know, special treatment. Everything no is no favoritism. No operator knows who's sending what. It's just all objective grading by the system. So um, there's no special treatment there. But perhaps if somebody's sending more quantities of cards in, there can be accommodations made for not having to use all of the small submission kits. That's fair. And just reach out and have a conversation. You guys are accessible. That's something that I think is is really, really nice. Uh, Kevin says, I think he meant in regards to disguising the package though. Uh, so <clears throat> would you be, would you guys be open to that if someone is just not comfortable with the tag submission kit? Cause they think that their local FedEx might be onto them. If you want to, you know, remain more inconspicuous, then you can for sure put a, a FedEx pack that you can get for free on the, uh, uh, on top of the, of the box. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to know. And thank you to Kevin for uh, maybe helping to clarify what Dave might've been really getting at there. Uh, Michael Ham wants to know horizontal slabs. I know for a fact, you don't have a horizontal slab at this point. Have you guys thought about a horizontal slab for cards that are, that are horizontally or oriented? Yeah, we have. And for right now, we're thinking that, you know, these, these will suffice. Um, and we can, we can move into that as, as so long as there's, large enough demand but uh, as long as it's a two and a half by three and a half this this also works is our yeah. stance on it fair enough I, th I think one of the companies has put out a uh, a horizontal slab and at when i first heard people talk about it I thought that's a gr what a great idea a horizontal slab and then i saw it i was like Ugh, it just <laughs> it, it's just it's not uniform there's now now ultra pro needs to make graded horizontal slab boxes for you and all these other things. Lucky K says, all positive so far. Looking forward to the next episode. Great. Should we wrap up with that, guys? Yeah. 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 That's, that's all end. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, showing the grading report next week. And thank you very much, Saturday. Jeremy, as yeah. always, for your time. Yeah, we thank really you so much. It. Guys, it is my privilege, honestly, to to host you. I appreciate it. Um, there, Jerry Hotch, will there be slaps for postcard size? Jerry, they're going to be, we're going to be talking in episode five about the future. For now, it's just the standard size, though, uh, really for the first few months after launch uh, at the end of June. Okay. Guy, everybody watching, be sure to come back on Saturday. That's episode number three. Saturday, we will be going live at the usual time for this show for Sports Cards Live, which is 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, 7 o'clock Pacific, and 8 o'clock where I live. We will be we will be back live on Saturday for episode number three, and then the next two Saturdays after that as well for episodes four and five. Mark, Matthew, and Michael, real quick. Sorry, we just wanted Steve wanted to say something really fast before we uh, hang up. He came in here. Oh, there, there he is. Here, Jeremy, hi, hi, Steve. 
Uh, first, I wanted to just take a second to uh, say hello and say hello to everybody that's here. And I wanted to come out and online uh, thank these guys and tell them how proud I am of what they're doing, what they've done, the contribution, the, how they perform tonight. But <clears throat> I wanted to say that it's very difficult to put together a really high quality management team. People who are in business will, will tell you that almost every problem in business is people related. And it's so difficult, especially as a startup, to build your team around a group, a core of people, and end up with everything working. So I wanted to just say that we probably would not be classified by many people as an A-quality team. I think that those people would say we're an A-plus quality team. These guys have done an incredible job. What they said, I watched the whole thing. Um, it's not 10% of, of what they do. Uh, and so they only had an opportunity tonight to talk about a little bit of what they've been doing for five, six years. And I wanted everybody to be aware that this is the, the, a very significant part of the core of what we do. And so if you believe in TAG, it necessitates that you believe in these guys because they are TAG. And you'll meet the rest of that, that team um, yeah, thank you. in the next Mutual. week and the week after. Thank you. And uh, <clears throat> I think that's the number one thing that's the takeaway as we do episodes uh, for this reveal is um, please have confidence in, in uh, our company because of the people. Everything else will follow, but, but the people, when you're in business, you'll, you'll come to learn if you get to be my age. Uh, when you're looking at a business, the most important thing is the people that make the business work. So that's it. I just wanted to say hello. I'm going to say goodbye, but uh, thank you guys. Really <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for dropping in, Stephen. Like I said earlier in the episode, um, you know, I don't say I don't often say that I don't often use the term fine young man or fine young men. But when I met you guys, you are three of the finest young men I've ever come across. And uh, so Steve is, as I've said, he's lucky to have you. Listen, it's enough pumping your tires. You guys, you guys don't, you guys don't want to, don't want to rest on your laurels. I know you won't. You guys are, you guys have a great work ethic, and uh, I'm just glad that I got to know you, and I look forward to getting to know you guys better and uh, being a customer of Tag as time goes by. Dave Bolaton, who's who's been tough to impress, says, "Yep, I've hired, I'd hired the three young guys. Yeah, no doubt about it, Dave. No doubt about it." And JP says, when Jeremy heads up the Canadian division, think of me. You got it, JP. <laughs> Thank you, JP, for that vote of confidence. All right, guys. Well, listen, let's wrap this up. And uh, we will be back. We will be back on Saturday, everybody. So follow Tag on Instagram at Tag Grading and go to the website, taggrading.com. And uh, again, I want to thank you to the, the supporters of this channel, Pristine Auction, Center Stage, uh, thank you to both of them. Go, And I'm just going to run across the ticker one more time for Center Stage right here. If you go to their, register on their website, sorry, for pristineauction.com. If you register, use the code SCL for Sports Cards Live. You will get $10 off your first order with Pristine Auction, pristineauction.com. Guys, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and uh, we'll be in touch. I want to I make sure that we do a little bit of planning before Saturday for episode number three. So we'll see you soon. 
Have yeah. a good rest of your night, everybody. Thank, Thank you for watching. I'll let you guys say goodbye to the say goodbye to the audience. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye, Thanks so much. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks everybody. Good night. You three stay there for one sec, everybody else. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on Saturday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.